But that being said, uh, this week also coinciding with the return to the bargaining chamber uh, for public sector workers and their employers. The government joined on the line now by Assistant General Manager for the PSA, the Public Servants Association, Ruben Maleka, to give us the latest from the PSCBC. Ruben, good evening and welcome. Good evening, Ayabongai, listeners of Metro Yeah, man, long time. I hope you're well. Ah, very well in yourself. Yeah, man, can't complain, bro. What is happening? You guys went back to the bargaining chamber. Uh, it seems you're battling to find one another. I saw one of the business dailies leading with uh, the fact that uh, Inokorongwana will lead the charge for the government delegation and so on. And uh, yeah, it seems a lot of eyeballs watching this one closely just because of how high the stakes are. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the stakes are very high. Uh, you recall that uh, for the past three years, the public servants, we never actually received any salary increase. Mm. Uh, the economic conditions are very difficult, as you know. The petrol price is too high. The cost of living is high. In fact, um, life is just unaffordable from the side of us as public servants. And that is why it's important that we receive a better salary increase. And obviously, this year, we can't uh, obviously live this year without anything else that uh, can really make a difference in, in our pockets. And that is why today, as we speak, we are at a stage where we are going for consolation on the 3rd of August mm. uh, in the PSABC. So that's where we are, and then we believe that, uh, per- perhaps as you said, the Treasury wants to lead, but it's very strange because we know that the DPSA should be a leading department. Yeah. However, if, if, if uh, Treasury feels strong that uh, they can come up with a pass, let them come. What are you saying? What is your demand? What is what is it that you want? Mm. In fact, you know, uh, we don't want to beat around the bush. We we have been up and down with our demands, and basically, where we are, we have down. We have actually given an offer to employer to 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 to, to write a settlement. We said, um, look, retain the cash gratuity that we're having in our pockets, and then let's sign a deal of six point five percent. Uh, which is also obviously, as you know, by the end of this financial year, it will still be below the inflation. So, but we are prepared to take 6.5% on a settlement, and we are prepared to uh, go away with the, the continuous thousand rand on cash gratuity on a monthly basis. Then, at least we know that uh, public servants will still be able to afford to go to work. Mm. What is the employer saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, at, at this point in time, they are still stuck at two percent. Uh, which obviously is not something that any union can even try to consider because, as you know, uh, already the president gave public office bearers 3% backdated to 2021. So a public office bearer that ends uh, a million to two million uh, backdated to last year, April, that is a huge uh, uh, you know, boost for such a uh, public office bearer. But the public servant that would get 2%, we not even backdated. Uh, that is uh, just one of those things that really is unacceptable. And that is why, as PSA, we have declared a dispute. And we believe that uh, come Wednesday, there should be a way forward. There should be a settlement. The employer must be able to come up with an offer. We have been on strike at SARS for a month now, which mm. means that uh, come this one on Wednesday, if it's not resolved, we will see the public service also joining, the, uh, joining together with the and then we're going to have, uh, you know, the mother of them all because 
we have no choice other than uh, to stand up because there is no other alternative if the blood doesn't listen. I mean, it seems that, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of context to this. This is the self-same employer, even by your own admission, that was unwilling to honor the third leg of a three-year agreement you'd arrived at. You're now negotiating for a, just a one-year, every-year, one-year type thing and still unable to find one another um, in a place that is very high stakes because the provincial and national government employees whom you represent are at the front line of delivery functions. I mean, you mentioned the ones at SARS as well. Uh, you know, where that has had an implication on the ability of SARS and the receiver of revenue to service uh, many taxpayers. Um, I mean, what's what's going to be different here? Um, because it seems the employer, if you guys don't find one another, will go to the courts again. I mean, what's what are you expecting here? I am, it's very good that you're asking that question because uh, I think the whole country were just watching uh, the whole weekend when the ruling party, which is the government of the day, was having a policy conference. And they have admitted uh, in that policy conference that uh, they failed, uh, you know, the citizens of this country. In many respects, I think they've outlined all the failures. And uh, the question is that if the government of the day does not have capacity to deliver, meaning that if they would not have us as public servants to deliver on whatever policy, on, on whatever plan that they're having, it's as much as there's no reason to plan. Because you don't plan anything to implement without having resources. So if the attitude is going to still be the same, to say that uh, they would not want to consider public servants to get salary increases, uh, one can say that they already have, would have failed to even start thinking about any of those policies or plans because if there's no people to implement them, they would not implement themselves. So uh, they need people to implement policies. They need capacity to deliver on service delivery that they are promising. But however, if they're, if they're not going to care about us as public servants, uh, obviously one can say that already they, they would have failed in, the, in their plan. But I come back to, to the issue I was raising. When, you know, I think it was the budget of 2020. Ooh, yeah, 2020 or 2019. MTBPS or the budget, subsequent budget. When yes. the government said we can't pay the last year of the agreement. And on that basis, we're going first to the PSCBC. And when clearly at the PSCBC there was some resistance from yourselves, they went to the courts, won that court judgment, and here we are now, your third leg of your agreement was not honored. You are now in another agreement. What is to prevent the government this time around when you don't find one another, you deadlock from going and pleading poverty before the courts again? No, no. Remember, negotiations uh, are not necessarily a matter of pleading before court and wanting court to intervene. It's power playing. Uh, you have to show your power by means of the strike. But unfortunately, the one of 2020 was a resolution. And in any uh, in terms of law, if you have got a resolution or an agreement, you can no longer be able to strike. It must be uh, resolved by means of a dispute. That's why that matter went to court, mm. and the court uh, said that no, uh, the resolution was not valid. And even to extend that, uh, the, it said that in fact the judges themselves said that uh, public servants did not deserve a salary increase because they, of the economic conditions of the country. But just note this one. 
Now the president has given them 3% dictated. Maybe it's a thank you to say that because we have managed to rob public servants, let me thank you. But it is one of those things that must be noted to say that how could the same judges who could have said that there's no money now accept the money to go into their pockets? I hope the same judges will, re- will reject the offer made by the president. Mm. Ruben, I, I, I hope you're hearing my point because that's my point precisely. That what then becomes the utility of bargaining? If, for instance, and I certainly hope this does not materialize, but if in the next few weeks or so, you do not find one another at the PSCBC, what stops the government this time around from going to make the case of hardship, economic hardship, before the courts and winning that case once again? What other recourse do you have? No, no, they they have no... Remember, if uh, the issue of uh, negotiations in terms of Labor Relations Act, is about employ, employee having right to strike and employer having right to lock out. So there's no way where the employer could be able to go to court and say that court uh, declared that uh, this employee does not deserve salary increase because there's no resolution. Or what if they have to do that, then it's going to be what is called inessential services where they can or one party can request for an advisory arbitration award, which is also not binding in terms of law, is an is an advisory award. So in this instance, uh, there is no party that would have a leg to stand to go to court because court a a a process of adjudication, uh, not necessarily process of uh, uh, negotiations. In this case, if we don't agree, the only alternative that is before us is us as labor by means of withdrawing our labor mm. to to force the employer to feel the pain that without these people, they will not be able to deliver on their mandate. Like, for instance, if you don't agree on Wednesday and PSA give a notice for a strike, you will not be able to uh, get certain services. For an example, you will not be able to ha- go to the airport and find an immigration officer that will uh, you know, let you go through your passport if you're going overseas. Such things that can happen. That is the only way that labor can make them plan to feel the the impact of the strike and they will be able to come back to the table and give us a better mm. offer. No, I mean, I think we hear one another. I think the point I'm trying to raise is in an instance where the negotiation collapses, and I think you've painted this scenario, you will withdraw yes. your labor. And I think that withdrawal might be indefinite if the you know employer does not meet you halfway. But I think the point I'm trying to highlight here is the role of courts in playing a role in collectively bargained outcomes um, or when bargaining fails in this particular case. Are you not afraid of that? Are you not afraid that, you know, if you're not able to find one another as you bargain with the employer, that the employer might have some recourse as you withdraw your labor to the courts once again and that might have adverse implications for yourselves? No, no, there's no, in terms of law, there's no option of any party approaching court in this instance. Uh, the negotiations is power play, uh, is uh, strike or strike and lockouts. Mm. So at this point in time, the employer must just understand that uh, the only alternative that labor has is to make them feel the pain by withdrawing its labor. And fortunately, as from our side as PSA, we have also uh, written to the PSCBC to say that we want uh, the Essential Service Committee to uh, declare the minimum service in the essential services 
in case of a strike, meaning mm. that we also want those police officers, we want nurses, and all those that are declared essential services to also exercise their rights in terms of the Constitution, Section 23, to be able to strike. We can agree that uh, if you've got uh, 10 uh, uh, doctors in, in a hospital, uh, 8 can go during the strike, 2 can remain, or if you've got 100 employees, 80 of them can strike, 20, 20 can remain. That is what is required in terms of Section 72 of the, of the Labor Relations Act that says the Essential Service Committee can agree to a mm. minimum service in the case of essential service during a strike action. And that is what we are hoping for, That because from time to time we deny uh, essential service workers to exercise their rights, because um, the employer always feels good that the, the essential service cannot strike. But in fact, they have a full right in terms of the Bill of Rights to strike. No, I think the point is well made. Maybe then just raise for me some of the other issues insofar as conditions of work are concerned that you're raising, aside from just the money uh, in this negotiation. Look, the, the, at this point in time, one one thing for sure that we have prioritized to say that come, uh, but actually we said by 30th of June, we should have resolved the primary thing, which is the salary increase. And uh, the pertinent other issues include issues of housing allowance. We all know that most of public servants do not have houses. Uh, we know that we are pushing to say that if, even if we get two, uh, 2500 per, per month for housing allowance, we also want uh, uh, the pension-backed backed, uh, uh, provision that can make public servants to access their pension fund to be able to buy houses because we know that the money that is being saved through the PIC is used for other projects that uh, aimed to improve, uh, you know, business people's uh, businesses without actual benefit of the owners of the money who are the public servants. Uh, we're also looking at issues of how we can introduce, uh, you know, provisions that uh, can allow public servants also to work from home because we have learned through the COVID that, in fact, uh, work station is not necessarily meaning that uh, it can be a physical work at the workplace, that would save a lot of money in terms of government, rent, and, and, and other services that they obviously have to provide to employees when they're at the workplace. Uh, those are the other demands that we have made, and we believe that as soon as we reach this particular agreement on salary increases, we would go back to those particular demands and make sure that uh, we improve on other conditions, the housing, the medical, and the issues of uh, introduction of virtual work as part of the norm that uh, the public servants must adopt. Mm. Ruben, always a pleasure catching up with you, my brother. We're certainly going to be following this one closely. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Arabonga, and the listeners of Metro FM. Hey, tada. Thank you.